In the spring of 2021, Jinx Monsoon and Nick Zahoya recorded a Futurama recap podcast. For reasons unknown, it was never released. These are the raw tapes. I'm 40% everyone i'm jinx monsoon and, and welcome from the top, from to the episode was... five of i'm 40 percent podcast the futurama podcast review the futurama review podcast <sighs> so the end the end wasn't good and the beginning wasn't good but the middle was awesome so just get back there and you'll be good well i mean we, we all make mistakes I haven't introduced you yet. I haven't introduced oh, you sorry, yet. Sorry. Well, you kind of put Bob in an awkward position where she had to say she had to okay, acknowledge the situation. Okay. Well, now you situation. just now you just robbed me of the ability to introduce her. Oh my god. Hi everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and you're listening to episode five of I'm Forty Percent Podcast, the Futurama Review Podcast, starring myself, my co-host Nick Sahoya, and today we have our special guest Bob. Bob the drag queen. Hello, Did, Bob. Can you all insert like applause sounds or something? Is that a no. thing that you do on this podcast? No, that would be jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that, is, that, is that too much to ask her? <laughs> sound effects. That's like season two. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> we should just steal Race Chaser's exact soundboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just the out should of I, pocket. What do you think so I upsetting. should? Do you think I should seduce Big Dipper and get my hands on like the the thumb drive that has? All- <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, I think you're I think you're a little young for him. <laughs> oh, okay, is, is, well, is, is is Big Dipper like a big time daddy chaser or something? He loves those daddies. Didn't well, I, I for a second I thought that your podcast was called I'm Forty. Um, mentally and spiritually. (laughs) Drinking a 40% podcast. Um, (laughs) so as you know, Bob, this is a Futurama. Well, do you know? I mean, we haven't released an episode yet, so (laughs) it's it's hard to know anything about this podcast yet. I'm assuming that it's a Futurama review based on the fact that I was asked to watch uh, Future. By the way, you text me and you're like, watch episode five you didn't say what season <laughs> you were just like five just watch five i don't even Go think to every this. season there's only 10 seasons that's only 50 minutes <laughs> what is that three hours worth of i don't even think five. that you told me what show it was you were like watch this show episode five i've watched i went through hulu watching episode five of every show on every season so i can now talk about basically any show on hulu Oh, well, uh, but just episode five. Uh, Did you see yeah, episode, episode five, five of High Fidelity? Of course. Was, uh, that was the one I started with, oddly enough. That's a really good one. One small divergence. Have you two watched Love uh, Lovecraft Country? I did not finish the final two episodes. I, I, I highly recommend three it. episodes. I, 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 it gets better and better with every episode. The first episode, I was like, oh, it's too gory. And while the gore level is high, it's an amazing show. I'm really, really enjoying it. I love spooky horror film shows, spooky horror film shows. And then there's a, a pleasant little surprise about halfway through the season, just randomly Shangela and Monet are in the 1940s. Oh, so, <laughs> Shang- really? Yeah, so I guess Shang- it's, the, it's the 60s. It's the 60s. Neither Shangela nor Monet told me they were doing it and then they Monet mentioned it like a week before and I kind of wish she hadn't because I was watching every week and then I would have been like is that what the fuck is Monet doing but also the makeup they're doing does not scan to the time period I'm like I don't think <laughs> that people were like block I don't know if they were blocking down brows and like wearing lace fronts this seems a little 
what what I'll say is I had this moment watching it where where I I'm I'm looking at the screen and I'm like wow they got a queen who looks just like Monet and it <laughs> took me a while to finally just realize it was Monet because I think of like drag queens from Drag Race and gory horror <laughs> yeah. stuff as so opposite that it took my brain a while to accept that it was Shangela and Monet in a horror series you know that but was I guess me. If, that was me the I entire get... first season of We're Here. I was like, wow, this queen looks like Shangela. And then finally, after filming the final episode, I said, oh my God, was that Shangela the whole time? <laughs> and I guess if I guess if Alaska can star in Sharknado 5, Monet and Shangela uh, have free reign to pop up whenever they want to in Lovecraft That's Country. That's also an so. impossible <laughs> film to find. Finding Sharknado 5 is impossible. And I want to support the dolls. <laughs> they scrubbed it. They scrubbed it from the record books. <laughs> I think so. Oh my goodness. So, Bob the Drag Queen, you are known for being a Bob. <laughs> you are known for being I'm a so drag sorry. queen. I'm so sorry, Bob. I'm so sorry. She's normally oh so God. professional. You're known for being a Bob. Um, you're known for being a drag queen. You're known for um, your comedy skills. As you mentioned, you have a new show, a reality um, self-improvement show, We're Here. You have lots of music. Um, you were in the Netflix series, Tales of the City. What is your experience with Futurama? Well, I remember being young and seeing Futurama and being like, oh, it's that show by by the Simpsons guy. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what's his name? Matt Groening? Gra- gro- Graining. Graining. It's, it's like John Boehner. It's spelled like boner, but you gra- pronounce it. Graining. Matt Graining. I remember thinking, myself, oh, the, I remember seeing it and thinking, myself, wow, this looks like The Simpsons. And then um, basically it was the family guy, no, the uh, the American dad of its time. <laughs> you know, there's this incredibly pop- incredibly popular family American sitcom. Dad gets mentioned based- every episode and I'm mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it is, these, it is a second creation of a very popular family-based sitcom um, <laughs> person. And so that's, that's kind of, it, it, it has the iteration. Anyway, so I, I remember watching a few episodes when I was younger, but never getting into it like I was into The Simpsons. I I find you know I was really into the Simpsons when I when I've recently because of quarantine and you know um, at all uh, I rewatched every episode of the Simpsons uh, straight up to the current episodes which are just getting worse and worse <laughs> but yeah the Mom, Simpsons why would you do that <laughs> why would you go through those later ones felt like it <laughs> I mean the Simpsons is legendarily one of the shows that has just not gotten great over the years. Um, but they just won't take it off the air. One of my favorite moments from The Simpsons, are we allowed to talk about The Simpsons? Are we allowed to discuss yeah, Simpsons on this it's show? it's all part of it. It's so, all in the same universe. <laughs> some of my favorite moments from The Simpsons, a couple of years ago, they had a Super Bowl episode where they clearly, like, shot, like, not shot, but, like, a- animated the whole thing too close to the average episode. So <laughs> they would take a mug of beer and put it in front of their mouths <laughs> and say the names of the team. They'd be like, I'm so glad that the... St. Louis Knicks, or I don't even know who plays what. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons made it to the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah. I I hear President Clinton will be there with his wife, Hillary. (laughs) I'll say that... um, uh, the Simpsons is one of the most cleverly written shows that were on TV. I mean, we've had more cleverly written shows since then, but like it really set a high bar for for um writing in these adult animated shows. And I think um, uh, I Futurama the, carries the torch pretty well. I would say Simpsons set the standard for adult animation. Yeah, like absolutely. It, it, literally, it literally is the standard. I mean, there's some great stuff out there now with like Rick and Morty. It's probably one of the smartest um, shows on television. It's so brilliant. Yeah. And but it needed Simpsons, the brickwork. It was like, before <laughs> yeah. Simpsons, it was like Flintstones. That was animation <laughs> for adults. I've tried to go back like and watch those one. old school anime, like the Flintstones and the Jetsons. It's 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 unwatchable it as, a, a, as as a youth. Even like today. old Scooby Doo's, <laughs> not great. 
Yeah, I love no, the character. I've never liked but... Scooby Doo, but um, so well, Futurama. So weird, I, I just had Scooby Doo on my podcast. He had nothing but nice thing to say about you. <laughs> he's a he's a really I big love fan. Rinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Futurama is very cleverly written. I like that. Yeah, the animation style is so similar to The Simpsons, but it really has its own voice. It has its own. I mean, it has some of the some similar gags. Um, but um, Futurama, in essence, paved the way for um, uh, Rick and Morty. You know, as a, a sci-fi parody animation. And um, have you? Uh, so you you watched it some as a kid. You've never watched it start to finish as an adult. No, never, not once. So, what 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 are your first impressions of episode five, which is called um, what, what's it called? Bot robot I'm robot fear of, planet. Fear of, <laughs> fear of a bot planet. Fear of a bot planet. <laughs> well, it has some interesting like racial um. <laughs> oh, you picked up on it. that. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it might have been too subtle. <laughs> <laughs> so there is like this I mean at some point like Bender is like some combination of like black and Jewish um, he's like you just mean because of the holidays <laughs> well well because and, and also the words he's saying the stuff he's saying like it's 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 rhetoric of of uh, uh, you know activists and people being like white folks be doing this this and this um, which Bob, to be you fair white what's folks funny? do be doing this this and this <laughs> Bob, you know what's funny? Bender is canonically Mexican. Yeah. Is, does, that mean a Me- does that mean a Mexican voice is Bender, or what does that mean? Nope. No. <laughs> White guy. No, he, he he was made in Mexico, so it's a it's an ongoing thing that when he needs to be, he's Mexican. His full name is Bender Bending Rodriguez. <laughs> work, work. But yeah, it, it was um this interesting um. You know uh, what is it, Ro- Ro- Robonica? Robonica, yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to deliver the package. I also just realized today for the first time that they're a delivery service. I just thought. <laughs> I just thought it was like a science lab, just like some science lab. It's also that it's it the, de- is. the delivery service funds the professor's um, scientific experiments. It's his the, at it's home like business. It's like his Etsy store or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't seem to be delivering a lot of things. I mean, one package per episode is not. <laughs> if that's, that's not we don't know what happens when we're not watching. <laughs> maybe there's more. Maybe the professor has more. Maybe the professor has more employees that we don't see. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Well, also, sometimes the episode will start and they'll just be like finishing a delivery, you know. Yeah. So maybe it's like Spider Man, where he's off, he's just fighting little guys all the time. And well, let's I'm also just thinking face about it. myself. Go ahead. <laughs> With adult animation, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief. You, you've got to just accept the <laughs> that things happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just accepting that because I was like, they're not, they're sending three employees to deliver one package. <laughs> like the overhead of this package. <laughs> I mean, to going be fair, light speed across space for this one like four by five box. <laughs> it is intergalactic, uh, tel- like delivery, so it's probably very expensive. I mean, sending a package mm-hmm. from here to London is expensive, so I imagine sending a package from wherever they are to the robot planet must be also quite expensive. Well, also the professor, I mean, like kind of his claim to fame and why his um, delivery business has stayed in business for so long is he's willing to risk the lives of his crew <laughs> without <laughs> without a second thought. Um, they are oftentimes put in very dangerous situations like they are in this episode. But before we get to the package delivery, um, they spend a lot of time talking about Blurns Ball in the, oh, in the yeah. first third of this sports. episode. <laughs> no, yes. I... I, I I find it worth talking about because this introduction to Blurns Ball is one of my favorite moments in Futurama. Um, and it's Fry is trying desperately hard to understand the rules of Blurns Ball. And just as he feels like he's starting to get it, um, a ball goes into a hole and triggers <laughs> triggers like mega blurn Land or something. Multiple ball a guy in a innings. <laughs> and balls are just flying everywhere. People are running around. A, a guy's crossing the bases on a motorcycle. And then the doors open and a man comes out riding a giant tra- tarantula. Yeah. And I just love that that's like what we have to do to sports in the future to keep people invested because 
What Just I wait like for about season this. 100 of Drag Race when this they release moment. the giant tarantula. <laughs> when, one of, when one of the contestants is just a bee. <laughs> I mean, when you think about the fact that Asia O'Hara did release butterflies on stage, I mean, it basically is. Does that count as a release? I, I feel like she more just dropped them. <laughs> I think we're also skipping over one of the most clever pieces of writing in the episodes when he goes, that guy was a blurn hitting machine. And then Katie Seagal's character, yes, he was a machine made to hit blurns. <laughs> yes. I um, have a question about that line again. Exactly. Is a blurn the ball or is it an action? Is it like a run? I think it's like Smurfs. Like I think (laughs) blurn in blurn's ball means it. I mean, even though Fry then has that moment where he goes, the blurns are loaded. We're in the ninth blurn. The the blurn play is in effect. And then Leela says, except for... (laughs) Except for the word blurn, that was complete gibberish. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, someone hits their equivalent of a home run, and the announcer is just screaming, blurn! <laughs> 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 what I love about this whole bit is that as a queer person watching an adult animated show in my 30s, I still know nothing about baseball. I don't give a shit about sports. Um, and sometimes I feel really, like, um, um, excluded when one of my favorite TV shows has a whole episode dedicated to sports and I'm like I don't know enough about football to get all of the jokes that are happening here Futurama um, made a comment comment on how boring all sports are (laughs) Yeah. By inventing this nonsensical futuristic sport, and then also not worrying about how much the viewers actually know about baseball, <laughs> and well, they're, all, they're even also probably looking into their—they're probably how, looking at their fan base and being like, "Our fan base probably <laughs> um, does not know a lot about baseball, so let's lean into nerds. this learn." Yeah. <laughs> let's face it, Fry. Baseball was incredibly boring. So they finally jazzed it up, eh? (laughs) Dua Lipa. You know, when I play my music to people who I really respect or look up to, then I hear my songs in a different perspective. Cardi B. I know what it feels like when you feel like everybody turn your back and like, don't ever think it's because you did something wrong. Harry Styles. I feel like I'm falling more and more in love with, with making music each time I get to do it. You know these artists for their songs, videos, and epic performances. But they have so many stories beyond their fame. That's what we're here to share with you on the Spot Podcast. We sit down with some of the biggest names in music. And along the way, our guests reveal stories that even their biggest fans may have never heard before. Check out the Spout Podcast to hear famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And find out who's spouting off next wherever you get your podcasts. I like some of the stadium jokes because it's at Madison Cube Garden, which is fun. (laughs) And then uh, there's a part where Zoidberg goes to get like refreshments and he asks for all these gross alien things. And they say, we don't have that. And he says, well, just give me something crawling with parasites. And it cuts to him eating a hot dog. (laughs) That was a great moment. And then Fry says, well, at least hot dogs haven't changed. (laughs) (laughs) That was Um, a nice part. Yeah, it's okay. So with the um with with Blurns Ball is how we get into the um the uh commentary on racial tensions. Now I, I feel robot like leagues for Blurns Yeah, because Ball. Of the robot leagues. And of course everything that Bender is saying applies to, you know, the industry of professional sports and how people of color are treated in the industry of professional sports. So it's like it's worthwhile commentary, but it's all about robots because I think that they are um, starting in a place where they uh, presume the future will be post-racial. <laughs> so they have to make it about robots rather than people of color. Thank you, Bob, for changing the background. Um, and we we see this a lot with, um, with Bender throughout the series, that Bender being a robot is able to... They're able to write satire um, about social issues and put it on the robots so that it's not, um, you know, too seriously uh, commenting on real life issues, but um, but kind of tiptoeing around the issues by making it about robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have robosexuals, yeah. we have robot human marriage, <laughs> and in this episode, <laughs> we have a robot complaining about the 
inequity that exists in the world for robots. <laughs> and it segues nicely because back at Planet Express headquarters, uh, the professor is telling them about their delivery, and it's to a robot separatist planet, which exists out <laughs> in the d- the depths of space. And it made me the way Bender talked about the robot separatist planet. It made me want to live on Krakoa with all the other <laughs> mutants. Bob, do you know about Krakoa? No, what's Krakoa? Okay, so in the current oh X-Men run, <laughs> they all live like on an island together. Like even the bad mutants, they like all got together and they were like, hey, the humans are going to kill us if we like don't get together. So they like invent all these drugs that can like save humans. And they like basically blackmail all of the humans into recognizing their nation's sovereignty. And they just all live on an island and they take portals there. It's really cool. And they call it Krakoa? It's called Krakoa. It's the island itself is a mutant. Are they are they aware <laughs> that it sounds like Krakoa? I don't think they considered that when they were naming it. Because it sounds like crack whore. <laughs> it does a little bit. I didn't think of that. But there's also like there's a second island that's like friends with the other island. I forget what its name is. Uh, Junkie Hoa. Uh, yeah, Junkie Hoa. I'm also intrigued with the fact that uh, what is uh, Katie Seagal's character's name? Leela. Leela. Um, Leela also has a discussion about, you know, passing and what it means to pass. Oh. Because she's not a human, but she's like, what about humanoid aliens? And then, you know, I don't want to jump the shark. We can get there toward the end when, once we get to the trial. But she's like, yeah, I pass as human, but I'm not a human, I swear. Yeah. But she does have human privilege. Yeah. She does. <laughs> well, I guess we could spoil it for Bob. So they think that Leela is an alien at this point in the show, but the we find out that she's kind. <laughs> yeah. We find out later that she's actually a mutant, and there's like all these horrifying-looking mutants that live in the sewers. But she is specifically like the least mutated mutant ever, is what they say. So she gets to go live on the surface, which still is about Leela passing as as yeah. um as a human. Um, it's really funny because. I think in many ways this show is very progressive and very woke, except for the fact that in pretty much every episode or every other episode, there are um, racially stereotypical characters voiced by white men. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's um, very similar to The Simpsons in that way, where they where they take the um, they take the progressive stance on a lot of issues, mm-hmm. and also just kind of. Um, uh, you know, don't acknowledge the fact that Billy West is voicing a Chinese man or um, um, uh, John DiMaggio is voicing black men in very stereotypical ways. Um, we don't really understand why when on like in like, you know, live action television that wouldn't happen, or at least not so blatantly. I mean, we still see lots of whitewashing in uh, uh, lots of stuff today. But for some reason with the animation, it was just okay for white people to still do, like, what? what's the what's the voice equivalent of blackface? Black, <laughs> black voice? Well, I mean, black black voice. <laughs> well, I mean the, the, the thing, well, I know that the, the, the Jamaican guy is voiced by a black guy, but yes. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not super familiar with the show, but also, I think that we'd be remiss if we insinuated that um that is a problem of the past when just this year there was a whole thing where um one of the actors who was in you know that central park musical you know apple tv had a musical about yeah it was the bob's burgers people did it Mm -hmm. yeah they had a musical about central park and then um one of the main one of the main girls was this black girl voiced by a white lady and they were like you know we're gonna um ixnay on that and 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 i believe that uh big mouth um did you watch the most recent season of big mouth it was pretty interesting because that character was like that character's by jenny slate voiced her before Mm -hmm. and that character's biracial and it's weird because there's this arc at the beginning of season four where she's like discovering her blackness she like goes and meets with her family did they switch the actor or something they switched it to, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Her first name's Ayo. Ayo Edebire, something like that. Um, so she voices her, but I figured the switch was going to come when she like discovered her blackness, but it's still Jenny Slate through that whole arc. They don't switch the voice until like the last two episodes, which to oh, me is really? like, if you're going through the trouble of recasting it, just re-record those like, what, 
50, 100 lines of dialogue for this well, character discovering just, her blackness. <laughs> I mean, but they, I mean, they, they do it on Family Guy. The voices are, they're uh, white people doing black voices. Um, Cleveland, right? Cleveland and Cleveland's wife. Um, you know, Cleveland Walker goes, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the interesting thing about that is like, for me, what makes like Cleveland isn't a black voice, but Cleveland's wife is is intentionally trying to sound like a black woman. Yeah. Whereas Cleveland's like, oh, quagmire. And his wife's like, Cleveland, I'm a fat <laughs> black lady. <laughs> and, um, and that is that is it's, it's, it's the, the woman who does Lois and who does, but she does a lot of problematic characters. She does a uh, Miss Wong. I mean, she's yeah, known that's uh, Alex Borstein, and yeah. yeah, she was doing um yeah Miss Swan back in Swan, Mad TV days. Well, and it's it's I don't know. I I think there was a point in time where I was thinking to myself, well, is it okay for people to voice characters not of their ethnicity if they're not doing a racially stereotypical like if they're not like stereotyping the character or um you know if if the character is someone who might have a different voice than what we generally associate um and then i realized no it's like it's just pointless the whole thing is pointless because there are enough talented people of color who are actors and voice actors out there that there's just no justification for not just having the right people play the right roles, you know? And I guess my take on it is, you know, is it okay for people to voice characters of different ethnicities? I'm like, sure, you can do whatever you want, but you can't be mad when there's a a, a, a public response yeah. to that. Like, you can't yeah. be shocked when everyone's like, wow, that seems unsavory. And then you're like, I can do what I want. Like, yeah, you can, and so can we. We can also respond how we want. So what's yeah. good? <laughs> So, so they get to the robot planet. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, I love Futurama, and it's. I think it's just this ongoing. You know, it's something we're we're facing right now. Is a lot of things that we've loved for a long time. Um, now that we're kind of being educated in um, better ways, and we're having conversations we didn't used to have. You go back and you watch things that you used to love, and then you realized, oh, it's not that these things weren't always racist. It's not like it's racist now. Now compared to back then it's just that we were conditioned to not worry about those things and we were conditioned yeah. to like not think too hard about it so now that we are thinking about it now that we are having the conversations that we're having you go back and you watch certain things you love and you're like oh this is horrible i can't believe the wool was pulled over my eyes for so <laughs> yeah. long very much um, that. and futurama is one of those things where it's really like you know um the, so much of it is good that it's like, can we separate the good things from the bad things and still enjoy this? And I, I, I feel like, you know, the jury's still out on that. I feel like the good that the show does um, is worth Let me still watching one. it. <laughs> Let me ask this one. Bob, you're from New York City. How do Allegedly. you feel? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How do you feel about all of these uh, non-New York people doing a fake <laughs> New York accent over here? Okay, well, well, I mean, okay, so I, I that's all over uh, the show. <laughs> I've lived in New York City for 12 years. I'm not from New York. I'm actually from um, I'm from Georgia. I'm from the South. So I am not. I'm a I'm a real life Southerner who's who is strong, kind of like Lady Bunny, a Southerner <laughs> who is strongly associated with New York City. Um, despite you know being from the south but i mean i i find new york city accents really funny and i think when people <laughs> the same with southern accents i like even people who aren't from the south when people do southern accents it really <laughs> tickles me even when they're bad <laughs> i love um, a bad accent i love a bad accent just commit. you don't have to watch the whole series bob but i do recommend um being that you're from atlanta that you watch um the what is it? The Lost City of Atlanta. The Lost City of Atlanta. That's a it's great. Atlantis, that's a great but it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of like old country people in like white linen suits <laughs> and their mermaids. Atlanta is much more than just a Delta hub. We also have the Coca Cola factory. You know? <laughs> we do. Well, I and well, I mean, luckily I've already seen episode five of each season, so I just gotta skip over <laughs> that part. So we we travel to the robot planet. Um, Bender uh, Bender seems to be abducted. Is it called the robot planet? 
No, it's called like what was it called? Syndek Syndek Five or it's got a number. They only go back there one time in the whole series, and it's in like season eight. They go back there once, and it's the same robot who they meet in the street who sees Fry peeing. Oh, the only robot they see the second time they go there. Um, we've talked about it. Well, it, what I love about Futurama with the robots is it's really up in the air whether robots like, <laughs> you know, we have all these examples of like Bender saying things like robots don't have emotions. And that makes me really sad. <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, the robots are pretty um amorphous <laughs> they're, sometimes they're what we expect from robots and sometimes they're just humans made out of metal um and well the <laughs> robots on this planet are crawling with them they're 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 terrified they they're they're <laughs> There's a lot of fear tactics, a lot of fake news being spread around. <laughs> scapegoating to these to these robots, and they're just terrified of the idea of of humans coming in and like ruining their way of life, and you know yeah. sucking their uh their coolant out through their necks. <laughs> I just love um the the test they administer when Fry and Leela are in. Oh, these robo- robot guards are they're so in, funny. They're in robot face, and um they're trying to get into the robot planet, and they say. <laughs> Um, you must Administer pass this the test. test. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the following would you most prefer? A, a puppy. B, a flower. <laughs> Fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> B, a pretty flower from your sweetie. Or C, a large properly formatted data file. <laughs> is the is the puppy mechanical in any way? <laughs> no, it is the bad kind of puppy. <laughs> uh, the data file thing. <laughs> Yes, we also would have accepted the pretty the flower. flower from your sweetie. <laughs> Which I really enjoyed that line very much. That's yeah. a good one. That's that's good Futurama right there. Oh, and the that's... construction robots are, <laughs> there's a bunch of construction worker robots who they stop to ask direction from, and they're just doing a big Tetris game. You know what's <laughs> what like, kind No, of... don't drop that one there. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know what really bothered me about this, though, was this idea that like the, I may be overthinking this, the planet- no, that's what we do here. <laughs> the planet was kind of relegated to this one city on the planet. So my question <laughs> was, do all the robots live in this city? Because it was kind of like they landed and they were just kind of like in the outskirts and it was fine on the street, but then there was just this one town. There, there seemed to only be one town on the whole planet. Well, I think it's one of those. They kind of go out into the wastelands, right? (laughs) Around the city. It's kind of like when you go to New Jersey outside of New York. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a mixture of like, you know, the robots are so efficient, they don't need much space. You know, um, we learned in the show that all robots, their, their apartments are basically just a closet because a robot doesn't need anything more than a closet. Um, but then I also think it's just with animation, the logic only exists to tell the story. So if if all they need is one town, that's all they're going to draw. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. They have an incident where they're almost discovered in the street because Leela sneezes, which is a human thing. And, and then she kicks the robot in the face. She does. She does a lot of kicking with her big old boots. <laughs> how do you feel about as a as a feminine powerful woman, Bob? How do you feel about Leela as a character? Well, she's great. She's strong. She's I got a Laura Croft vibe going to her. <laughs> um, I mean, she's got she really got her eye on the prize. <laughs> she's she's like an exciting. She's a very exciting character. I was weirded out by the kick though because it seemed like she hurt that robot, but we know you can't hurt robots. Um, can hurt robots. <laughs> I think she just knocked him down. Like he he's gonna take a while to get back up. There is a thing where Bender, we find out later that if he falls on his back, he can't get up like a turtle. So maybe this <laughs> bender or this non-bender robot has the same issue. Maybe I I just love I mean, they're crossing so many genres here with this episode, but one of uh, it's one of my favorite tropes to uh, to parody is when Leela sneezes and the robot just points at her and goes <laughs> like that's my after his fa- like sweet little nerd voice for like the yeah. past two minutes I just love and the that. little um the like uh armed guards who come to help him say like get the humanoid which is like from an old game I think I think it's from 
uh, Smash TV. I think it's. I'll look it up. <laughs> sure, look it up. sure, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bob, um, you play video games? Yes, I do play video games. You got the new PlayStation? I think it's from the game Berserk. Um, do I have <laughs> Berserk, the new, thank we you. Do, we do have the new PlayStation. Oh, uh, God Cinco. damn it. I'm so jealous. Do you say I we because you have one. a roommate or are you just being royal? Because I have a, because I have a, well, because I have a partner, we each have one. We have one for each room. <laughs> one for the living room and you one for the... I can't even get one PS5. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How did you, <laughs> There's only one. I'm kidding. How did kidding, you get it anyway? Did you have to go through the PS5 website? Did no. you have to pre-order it? Well, the Target downtown in LA has really thin windows. You just knock <laughs> it out. No, um, no. Jacob spent a lot of time scouring the internet, and then he found one on eBay for uh, seven hundred bucks. So just oh two hundred dollars more than it should be. Jeez, but hey, please. you're worth it. <laughs> well, it's his, I mean, it's, 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 it's his PlayStation, and and I and I'm I just because I, I you know I'm really this I'm about this life. This is my life. Right here. Oh, you those got you, like a fancy switch thing. Now, for those of you who are listening, because there's no video <laughs> for this, I'm holding up a switch. And it really is just the best gaming console because like you don't have to stop playing. <laughs> like when you leave the house. <laughs> like you can play this anywhere and you just it just picks up. Think about the what do you play you on only, your switch? I play uh mostly Fortnite and Smash Brothers. I'm waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out. Uh cool. yeah. But yeah. But you gotta get awesome. into Fortnite, Nick. Girl, I played Fortnite when they first put it for free on there, and I just can't do shooters anymore. I, I like a nice, relaxing game where everyone's friends. Oh, I know. I love Animal Crossing. I just Everyone's so nice to me on there. My boyfriend loves Animal Crossing. I like games that are aggressive, and I like, uh, I like competition. <laughs> I love competition. Um, uh, we Bob didn't, was we telling didn't know me, that about you. <laughs> <laughs> Bob was telling me recently that she she's obsessed with Fortnite. I I mean I'm a big Overwatch player, which is uh, you know similar idea of. Uh, but you know. she gets so I lived with Jinx for two years, and when she wins a uh, an Overwatch match, here's how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. When she loses an Overwatch match, it's oh my god! No! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just That's like, mom, turn it off. It's not making you feel good. <laughs> You're not I, enjoying um, yourself. <laughs> I've often said that the most heteronormative thing I do is play Overwatch because I get very, I get very, I won't wear the microphone and the headpiece because I'm mm. afraid of people seeing that side of me. <laughs> and my. I, my partner like is with me right you, now. You have like, to get into Fortnite, Jinx. You would love it. You and I should stream I played Fortnite it together. before. My first time playing it, I actually, I think I was in the top 10 survivors. And then I at one point <gasps> I did, did, I was the final survivor. I won the but 100 I just really thing once. Out. And then I was like, I'm good. I won the yeah. one versus one versus one, 100 people. And I was like, I'm good. I don't need to play this anymore. Oh my yeah. God. And do you all play Smash? I'm I'm okay at Smash. I do some zero suit Samus and I'm okay. I have always been good at Smash Brothers until the latest iteration of Smash Brothers and now I feel like the oldest person in the world because it just goes too fast for me. Like I can't keep track of who's throwing pokeballs at who and <laughs> and, and is you know and half the maps are designed to like trick you. <laughs> like, they're moving and then things are grabbing you. I'm 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 very good at Smash. Who do you so. mean as uh, Who's your main? Who's your main? Well, I've I've been switching up. I used to be I I, I started off as a Captain Falcon main, and then I became a uh, Little Mac, and then I was a Ganondorf, and now I'm Villager. There's something really Villager's cute about fun. winning as Villager. Villager's like mm, 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 like scooping <laughs> stuff. It's just so funny to like beat someone. That tree is really character. strong. If you can make oh, that yeah. tree fall on someone, it'll fuck them up. Oh yeah. I main as um, Peach, and occasionally I play as Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> So they got to the so so Lila gets captured. <laughs> <laughs> so Lila's captured by the robots. Yeah, yeah, well first they go to the 50s B movie, which we have to talk about because it's maybe the highlight. And it's like a 50s style B movie. Um Jinx, could you describe it? Because my upstairs neighbor is vacuuming. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, it's like a 1950s B movie and there's a there's an unspeakable monster and the monster is a human and in this humans are like 
part werewolf, part vampire. All <laughs> robots are terrified of them. It's just kind of it, the what I love is the um, Futurama logic here is how long have these robots lived on this planet that they have forgotten all truth about humans? You know? And they've apparently had a 50s that they're nostalgic for because <laughs> there's like a makeout that point. Just, that could just Letterman be in their programming. Who That's knows? True. But I do enjoy like, the part where the, uh, where the human reveals its organs. <laughs> his mighty system of organs <laughs> and it's got like little Christmas lights <laughs> around it he opens up his chest it's very good um, and and you know eventually we learn that there's a council of robot elders who use the fear tactics of the human you know like um, like most um, most propaganda and most fear tactics it's just to control the thoughts of the people that you're governing you know you they're create the robot a- illuminati yeah, you create so, a common enemy so that you can unite people against that enemy so that they spend all their time thinking about the enemy and not any time questioning the powers that be. The robot <laughs> not to get elders, too Marxist for you or something. <laughs> the robot elders have this running gag where they say silence at each other. And do you think RuPaul <laughs> stole it from this episode <laughs> of <Silence>. Futurama? Because <laughs> no one's talking and they say silence and that's her whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that was, I did enjoy that gag a lot. I wish they did more Illuminati imagery with the uh, the robot elders because it was, it was very Illuminati, secret society. You, you know... know I, I I think this was long enough ago that uh, I never knew about the Illuminati until like Lady Gaga rose to um, astronomical heights, and then I learned about the Illuminati through people hypothesizing that uh, Lady Gaga was the the prophet of the Illuminati are, or the what Messiah. Are we doing, here? Are we doing Illuminati? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying they probably would have went further with the Illuminati in, uh, imagery if it was made today, but back then. And it wasn't as as uh, the word Illuminati wasn't as like commonly known. I think I it is true. the same deal though, because it's like a shadow organization that's secretly yeah. running things. Because they well, go well, through this whole kangaroo court with the like old <laughs> Mac OS like judge that freezes halfway through. What I what I thought was weird was like there's a lot of talk everywhere about humans being killed on site. They're murdered, they're killed, and the, there's even a sign that says, "Got milk? Then you're a human, and you must be killed." <laughs> but then, but then the um, the the elders were like, "Well, we don't want people to know that we're killing you." And I'm like, "I think everyone knows." <laughs> like, I think, oh yeah, that doesn't make I think, sense. I think everyone knows that you guys kill humans here. Well, then, but the also, thing is, they haven't seen any humans yeah, because that's what they say on seen- the human hunt. They do their human hunt, and it's like, that makes 100,000 human hunts, and we still haven't found a human yet, but maybe tomorrow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But Um, you're right, Bob. It doesn't track that the public punishment would be them being, like, treated like robots are on Earth, but then they would get killed in secret? That doesn't make sense. Maybe it's that they have to simultaneously maintain the fear of humans, but also convince the um, convince the robots that live there that they're strong enough to keep humans out. That no human could even ever get there. I don't know. It, 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 it's a it's an animated show. They're um, <laughs> they're doing a lot of references to a lot of things all at once. There's racial tensions. There's um, dystopian futures. There's a uh, a lot of satire. We don't have to track the logic. So so hard that that everything should make sense. I'm tracking it. It's too late. I'm tracking this. Bob, logic. Watch us send Bob on a like a conspiracy <laughs> theorist track. Now she's going to be watching every episode of Futurama and counting how many times Fry's blink. Yeah. Fry blinks because it's like a signal to. It is. If you he blinked in Morse code and you'll see he blinks out SOS. Bob, do you think um, if you could assimilate with the robots, like if you wore your roller skate outfit from season eight got it do you think <laughs> do you think you could happily live in this robot city would you be able to make yourself happy there no it doesn't seem i don't feel like i would be able to uh bond with a lot of these robots in the way that i would be bonding <laughs> i'd have to be, i'd have to be faking it i'd have to be assimilating not being my real self and um I don't. I, I don't know. Are the robots? Well, the robots are interested in romance, which is nice because I was afraid there might be no romance with the ro- these robots. Seem interested in romance. Oh yeah, because he was like, "Oh, you're having a quiet evening together, huh?" That's and then there true. was. The, and then there was a date in the movie. Yeah. 
and you can accept a flower from your sweetie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, as as it they, always happens, they seem to love love. It's actually it comes up a lot in this short period of time, right? <laughs> As it always happens, um, Bender, who uh, who presents as being staunchly anti-human and wanting to kill all humans, when push comes to shove, he actually has a soft spot in his robotic heart for the humans that he works with and I think humans in general. Because um, I, I think part of it is that Bender has gotten emotionally attached to the humans that he works with. And then the other part of it is that, um, you know, robots wouldn't have anyone to like to lord over or be better than if there weren't, you know, squishy, fleshy humans. So, like, I think Bender needs humans for the fact that he needs someone to feel superior to. (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely the B. Arthur of this Golden Girls group. (laughs) Funny you should mention B. Arthur because she plays a robot later in the series. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, she plays she plays a femme (laughs) she plays the femme pewter, which is actually just a (laughs) It's like it's, a Wizard of Oz thing where she's yeah. like hiding behind a, it's a, a big curtain. It's a fembot um, posing as a femputer. She has one of the best lines in the whole series where she goes, I come from a planet that was ruled by a man-bot posing as a man-pewter. Do you have any idea what it's like being a fembot living in a man-bot's man-pewter's world? <laughs> and Bender just goes... What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did skip over the robot porno. um, Ah, yes. Moldy old robot porno. (laughs) They're out in the human hunt, and um, they resolve that they're not going to find any humans today. But before they go back to the big central city, Bender spots like an old rundown place, and they're like, oh, it's an old robot porno theater. And he goes and he's looking at the robot porno, and it's like all schematics of like the inside of <laughs> someone's circuitry yeah. which i wonder if those were any actual uh things there if there were just you know oh yeah there's probably like some engineer in the futurama writer's room it who, reminds like, me disappointed kind of their parents by writing for a children's <laughs> cartoon <laughs> it reminds me kind of of like yaoi porn you know because it's like in yaoi porn it's not just about the two bodies having sex they also like show you um like an inside perspective of like the organs and the penis entering the organs and like how much yaoi they- <laughs> are you reading mom <laughs> what is yaoi what is yaoi <laughs> okay so um, you know what manga is? It's like a yeah. Japanese comic book. Yaoi is two boys romancing each other, <laughs> almost always very soft boys. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And it's very sexual. And then Yuri is the lesbian equivalent. And then and are sometimes... They, is, it anima- is it animated? Yeah, it's drawn. Th- there's animation and there's also graphic novels, but all I'm saying is sometimes they're like sh- depicting gay sex from the prostate's point of view. <laughs> Word. I did one time see a video that was like, a cam- they got a camera inside a guy's butt somehow and they showed like the dick like coming at the camera. That's upsetting. And you like watch it come in his butt and it was like... <laughs> More scientific than anything else. I mean, getting a camera in the butt is easy. Getting a camera out of the butt. I mean, realistically speaking, Nick, I don't want to ruin your evening, but it was more than likely probably not really um, in anyone's butt. It was probably just like a fake anus that they stuck. It's basically like a flashlight. They just stuck it in from one side. And then I was like, I could see how they could get it in there, but how would they turn it around and get the right lighting? Okay. (laughs) Enough enough about this experimental porn that Bob produced. Uh, She seems to have a lot of the inside scoop. Uh, (laughs) What I want to know is actually the name of the porn was the inside scoop. Inside scoop. Yeah. Um, What I want to know is, you know, like porn, human porn is humans without their clothes on and then robot porn is like schematics does that imply that the like metal casing that uh, that forms the robot's body is their clothing or does it imply that robot porn would be the equivalent of like humans looking at each other's organs and getting off on that you know it's a they do <laughs> seem to like organs based on and then, and then we, we have to ask them. why some robots wear clothing <laughs> and most robots don't well so some just... robots have like clothing built into their chassis it's not yeah, like they're wearing cloth I, it's all over well, the place well the Tiny mayor the mayor had a, um, a sash on for sure and then oh. the construction <laughs> guy was wearing a vest and a hard hat 
So well, he takes you... that off when he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he need a hard hat if he's, his head's made of metal? I don't <laughs> he know. put a plastic do, hard hat on. <laughs> and do you think that um do you think that that's just the lackey imitating the behavior of the oppressor? You know, these robots escaped human oppression and then and create their own planet where they do everything the same way humans do. Just Bob, to have you seen Battlestar Galactica? Have you I've seen Battlestar? Okay, not. so that's exactly what's going on with the Cylons right now. I'm rewatching Battlestar Galactica. You should, <laughs> Bob. You gotta watch Battlestar Galactica. Do you have Peacock? I I don't have Peacock. <laughs> you want my password? Will you watch it? I mean, I'll probably watch Save by the Bell first. I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, I do want to watch that too. <laughs> <laughs> but you should watch Battlestar Galactica because that's exactly what they do: is the robots turn into humans and then just start doing all the things that humans did because they like don't have anything else to aspire to. Yeah. Work. Um, so they they all escape. It's a happy ending. Not only does Bender reveal that he actually loves the humans in his life, but the humans then also make more of a, a, a of a a conscious effort to um acknowledge the differences and 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 Bender's rights to his own <laughs> robot practices <laughs> like then we found out that he made the whole thing up which makes it hard to root for him yeah but yeah you know. but he was just he was trying to take money away from his boss you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna penalize him too much for like <laughs> subverting capitalism that seems good. Oh. Also, though, there are no like there are no um, characters in this show that don't have some really horrible qualities. You know, <laughs> well, maybe he's subverting capitalism, but he's also like it's not like his boss is Walmart. It's a small <laughs> family-owned business. It's not. You like don't know he's... the professor that well yet. I think if you knew him a little <laughs> better. <laughs> oh, okay. He's always I sending mean, them to their death. He's like always, he's got a bunch of doomsday devices. He's very And well all to the do. employees find ways to slack off, okay? I mean, even Leela, who's supposed to be the model employee, oftentimes will just blow off work if there's something else she wants to do. Oh, yeah. Like she <laughs> shot that popcorn into the sun that one time. Can't remember why. I can't remember either. I, I think it's because she wanted to go off and find that Cyclops planet. The Cyclops, planet. yeah. It's the Cyclops planet. Yeah. I do enjoy the fact that Bender's uh, body is just kind of whatever he wants it to be. Like, it makes popcorn. There's like It's like a popcorn <laughs> machine. It does, like, a lot of different stuff in different episodes. Yeah. I, I, re- I, I like that. This is why I really enjoy animated shows, is they are able to do so many things that would be harder to pull off with live action, um, like Bender's, the inside of Bender's body just being whatever it needs to be in that moment. But then also, I think with animated shows, we suspend our disbelief a lot more, and we'll just accept that today Bender's a popcorn machine, and tomorrow he's going to be a percolator, and then the next day he's going to, I don't know... Have Lucy Lou's head in there. Have Lucy Lou's head in there. <laughs> Did they buy? Here's a question. Do you buy Bender? Like, if someone's making Bender, I'm assuming they're manufacturing Whoa, Bender to sell. And if they're selling him and he's autonomous and he has, like, a conscience and everything, is this slavery? Is Is Bender being paid at this job? They do hmm. um, later in the show. They do end up buying a um, a new robot, and so you can go pick up a robot for your place of business. Bender himself, and they kind of explicitly bought that robot because Bender was kind of obsolete at that point. Bender which is was very not sad. <laughs> he wasn't bought though by he he defected from his original programming to work at this place. So it's it's really it's really ambiguous because there are some robots who do exactly what they were programmed to do, then there's um robots who seem to be going against their programming, but we're also led to believe that even the robots who go against their programming were programmed to do that. <laughs> they were programmed to go against their programming and then how do we explain a robot mafia if they don't have free will and if they don't have <laughs> it's it, so yes they are hmm. slaves and they are also free all at the same time I think oh, oh my well, goodness. are they just like constrained by the same needs as us where it's like okay you're a robot now go get a job <laughs> pay for your apartment yeah. I mean and there's robots that are vending machines <laughs> and some of the vending and machines are content being the same. 
It's and there's an episode where the robots revolt and they find out we we as the audience find out that everything is robotic. The toaster's a robot. The 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 well, TV I mean, kind of, also he, can sprout he, legs and run off when it needs to. He basically said on this episode that even those things that we don't see as like human like robots are still robots. Like when mm-hmm. at the beginning during the blurb blurb ball game. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> During the game, I, I have a little blurg ball uh, thing behind me. Um, during the blurg ball game, he was like, oh, the oh, the whole thing is full of robots. And I was like, yeah, they are all robots. Um, yeah, and then the little the little robot comes out to clean up the like uh, garbage. And he's like, and look who's cleaning up. Is it a human child? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, wow. I was, you know, like, it's so funny. This was a very loaded episode with lots of lots of things to discuss. There's a lot going on in this episode. Um, as as a way to um, wrap things up, uh, we asked our last guest this, and now I think it's how I want to end every episode. Um, it's kind of like fuck Mary kill, but it's more like fuck Mary be fuck Mary um, <laughs> exist as exist as yeah so i want to know who you um would most sexually get down with who would you want to have a relationship with and who do you most relate to when it comes to futurama characters well i mean i I probably would probably be most attracted to fry and i probably want to marry leela and i probably relate to bender (laughs) oh you're just the main three (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just take the main characters. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think that they. I just think that I like Bender's dryness, the sense of humor, the um, the B. Arthur of it all, the Dorothy Sporneck mm-hmm. of it all. Um, and Leela, I like her strength. I like her power. I'm really interested in her. I mean, I, I can't see myself wanting to marry the professor. He's a monster. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and also the the lobster guy, the the lobster Soy guy. Bird, yes, <laughs> he just does such gross stuff. He just does like a lot of <laughs> really nasty shit. So I don't want to be involved in that in, in any capacity. Um, the Jamaican guy seems a, almost a little too plain. Like he's just <laughs> like kind a, of a family neighbor. guy. Yeah, on our Not last like episode, cartoon, but like a guy who's got a family. On our last yeah. episode, we um, we discussed the the duality of Hermes, the Jamaican guy, and also the kind of the uh, the contrasting expectations because he is both a bureaucrat and a stoner, which seemed to be mutually exclusive. Like, how is a, bureau- a an anal retentive bureaucrat also the show's only stoner? But yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's a topic for another time. I I um, would definitely fuck ask, Fry too. <laughs> wait, you say that every episode. You don't need to answer the question every episode. <laughs> I just um, but he smells like how I like. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Jinx, this is my question for you because you know Bob a little better than I do. Even though Bob and I are mm-hmm. very good friends, um, who would you, as someone who has seen every episode of Futurama, say that Bob is most like? Like of I the actually, characters that she hasn't met. I actually think um, Bob is the most like uh, Bender. Um, I really feel like, and Bob was commenting on Bender's dryness um, (laughs) and B. Arthurness. I I would um, I would say because of the brashness and because of the kind of like um, Bender is very self assured. Um, Bender knows what he wants in life and um, goes for it. But then there's also there's also just kind of the obstinate um, uh, <laughs> kind of antagonizing nature of Bender. What do you mean? What are you getting at here? <laughs> Bob loves, Bob loves to um, uh, sometimes push people's buttons, especially the people she loves. Like it's never done maliciously, but I find that Bob pushes people's buttons just to see how far she can push them, you know, just kind of as a, as a social experiment. When well, we were I doing... know where I stand, you know. <laughs> when we were doing Hokum Pokum together and those um, rehearsal schedules are really short. So this was like five days after I met Bob. It was it was either the day before the show or like the final dress that we do day of show. And we were getting mic'd up and Bob came up to me and said, I just I, 
I look at your face and I just want to push you up against a locker and take your lunch money. And it's like, <laughs> Bob, I'm trying to get ready for the show. We and just let's met. Not, <laughs> we just met. And let's not um, forget the obvious. If Bob just wore an antenna right now, she'd be halfway <laughs> to a Bender cosplay. Honestly, yeah. She's got the same like... shaped head. <laughs> I think when I was did I say that to you, Nick? I think when you I was did. trying to do that was you also said I want to call you Fergus, and I was like, "Why?" And you said, "Because that's Trixie Mattel's name, and I think it's a stupid name." <laughs> no. Well, what it is is okay. That she let's... wants to fuck you, but didn't want to make you that uncomfortable, so decided no. just to <laughs> that say that is not what I said. So you have you 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 have the appearance of someone who was bullied in high school. I was. And I want to continue that tradition. <laughs> but Whenever not because he was you, gay. Not because he was gay, because he was religious. <laughs> so the reason I was not why because I was religious. I found community in religion, which was unfortunate. So the reason why I think that Trixie's last name, I think Fergus is like the name of like a kid who gets bullied. And I so I was on tour with Trixie Mattel and Milk. And and what I realized that Milk's name is Donegan. Dan Donegan, who sounds like a bully, yeah, and, Bri- and Brian oh. Fergus sounds like he gets bullied. So I would always think that uh, that oh, this, in this my, in my mind less he'd be like insulting when I have all these details. He'd be like, "My name's Dan Donegan, and I'm gonna beat you up, Fergus." Like that's what I see in my head, <laughs> Fergus. <laughs> if you don't do my drag homework for me. <laughs> <laughs> Go write but, my mini challenge. <laughs> but I, but Nick, I really like you, and I think you're. That's why I had you open for me in that time in 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 that Seattle. That was very fun. Thank you for having me do that. That was and a I blast. like you a lot. You're a great person. I, I hope I like that you, is Bob. clear. I'll come sit on your um, lawn. Escalated <laughs> <laughs> like, quickly. I'll come sit on your lawn with like a jukebox or a jukebox, a boombox, boom and I'll, we'll listen to music together. And I'll take your lunch money. No, yeah. Bob, knowing that, so um, we, we, we are now on episode five and we have yet to release any of these podcasts because we've got a lot of assets to get into place before we can start releasing these podcasts. Yeah, do you know how to draw, Bob? Can you do art? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're very close to having all the assets done, but I would like you, if you have anything to plug, um, feel free to plug it right now, just knowing that we have no idea when this episode will come out. So it should be things you want to plug just in general. <laughs> Probably first week of february that's my rough guess yeah okay first week of february well you can always go on hulu and watch my christmas special with vindela crimp no i'm kidding um <laughs> which is really good by the way no just just go to bobthedragqueen.com and all my stuff is always listed there wonderful and you've got a, you've got a thriving patreon and your own podcast yeah Listen check out Sibling Sibling rivalry, rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Sibling Rivalry podcast is really exciting. It's me and Monet going back and forth. We talk about a lot of stuff. We're reviewing Drag Race this year for the first time in our in the in the years of our podcast. So it'll be exciting. And it's it's great because no one's ever done that before. Um. <laughs> I do want to point out that me and Monet have the first Drag Race Girl podcast, and so we were doing it before. No, I know. I'm just teasing you. I'm just. Teasing I think we, you. well, we used to, we used to. So we so we used to review Drag Race back in the day, but not fully. We do it like like half an episode, and we'd have each yeah, I saw some girl. of those. And yeah. then they started having. Then Race Chaser started doing it, so we started talking about other stuff. Um. So you're saying that Race Chaser culturally appropriated you and Monet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Bob, congratulations on every every success you've had. I always say, you know, um. You're one of you're one of the drag queens that shows the world that drag queens are. We may choose to do do our art forms in drag, but that doesn't make us any less the artists that we are. You're you're oh an God, actor just suck who's each other's also. Dicks. Shut up. <laughs> I, I believe this though. Bob the drag queen is an actor and a comedian who does it in drag. You know. Um, I will say, Bob, she, you are of all the Rue girls, you are the best stand up. You are the one who could get up there and Aww. do stand up without the wig. You absolutely could. Well, thank you. That, but you, please don't. Please hard. don't get up there without a wig. <laughs> <laughs> we just got her wearing wigs. Let's not make her take a step 
that. Um, and also check out Bob's YouTube channel because you can see fun things like her doing the um, the the song from Animaniacs where she <laughs> lists every uh, the nations of the countries, world. the nations of the world, um, yeah. while dressed as a clown because she she doubled up that day. She was already doing her Party City uh, makeup tutorial and thought, yeah. why not also list every country in song? Listen, well, I did it, and my boyfriend was like, "You kind of look like Yakko." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let's get it popping. Let's do it. Um, thank you so much for being a guest today, Bob. We love you My so pleasure. much. My and um, hopefully now you're addicted to Futurama and you'll be uh, texting us all the time with your new conspiracy theories about the Illuminati <laughs> and its relation to Futurama. <laughs> you know, I think, honestly, you guys should have me back for every episode five. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so it's not, that's not a terrible idea. We'll see how this shakes out. We're still getting our legs. But yeah, um, uh, why not? You know what? We're the producers. Fuck it. Yeah, we'll do I, I'm, that. Well, I'm, the, I'm the producer and you're the... Okay, I'm a co-producer. We're no, we're oh, co-hosts, and I'm the producer. Oh God, this is. I, I would say dicey. that I still produce. I may not what, do the editing. You hit record on the Zoom. No, you hit the record me. button. <laughs> okay, because I'm giving us the platform with which to do it and get us half of our. Uh, ooh, You're I've the got star. That's the dictionary definition her, of the star. Drag her. <laughs> take credits from me. This is all I've got. <laughs> so anyway Don't thank I you know. so much we'll see you next week <laughs> thank Bye. you um, and thank you all for listening to I'm 40% podcast we will be back next week with another episode I can't tell you who the guest is yet because we haven't nailed that down yet that's how we keep it fresh here at I'm 40% podcast so subscribe to the Jinx Monsoon Patreon to get early access to this podcast and so many other things and be sure to follow us all on our social medias that's Nick's Hoya, Jinx Monsoon, and Bob the Drag Queen. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>